Who can I aim my anger at, Mary? <sighs> she won't tell me. I don't know who to aim the anger at. Everything's great. I'm doing great. You're great. We're all great. Nope. Everything's the worst. Everything's the worst, and I hate everything. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. 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 I have to adjust my pop filter. Pop it! Pop it. I changed where I would normally put my microphone, and so I moved my pop filter also, but didn't move it to a good spot. So, Boom. hang it. Okay. Everything's the worst. Why are you not staying on? What is going on? What's going on? Why are we doing this? Oh! Podcast over. <sighs> Set it on fire. Are you? Did you make it? I think I'm. Think I'm good. Do I sound okay? You sound okay. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> that was annoying. Now I've lost my drink. <laughs> That's terrible. I Thanks. hope you didn't like drop it because that would suck. No, I didn't. I found it. Okay. Everything's the worst. Just everything. Is I the agree worst. so hard with that. The worst. Yay. Everything's the worst. Should I so. even ask how you are today? We're both I'm, in horrible moods. Apparently. Okay, so instead of talking about the terrible things going on, yeah, uh, I will say that the other day I was out driving somewhere in the evening, so it was dark, and I have noticed in the recent years a massive uptick in the number of houses that are going very all-out Christmassy at Halloween on decorations, and Aww, I, like I love it so much that sometimes I pull over and look at it, and then sometimes I try to remember where the house is on a street situated in relation to a cross street, so then later I can creepily go on Google Maps, find their address, and send them a thank you card for making my day better. Oh. That's adorable, and I'm sure that it makes their day to get a card like that. I'd be delighted if I saw something like that. I hope so. Otherwise, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Why are people creeping around? But they asked for it with all that attention Yeah, they're seeking. asking for it. If they're, if they're putting those <laughs> decorations out, they want to be noticed. So that's that's adorable. I did, Yeah, and I did come across the street where it seemed like the neighbors were doing that like kind of one-upping thing <laughs> with the direct decorations because there were quite a few that were, were nuts. But, nice. Yeah. So if I had a house, I would decorate it. But I don't. I would rather. Yeah, I like Halloween decorations, so they're fun. I do yeah. too. I had a few up last year when we were in a house, but but now we've only got a a deck. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. But we are right at the entrance and right above the demo unit, so we could do some uh, obnoxious decorations, and that would be. Funny. I think you should get some noisy me. ones that sound like a trampoline. I mean, a treadmill. <laughs> that sounds like a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten no further complaints about my treadmill, so that's good. Good. <laughs> yeah. How are you? That's so weird. <laughs> I'm grumpy i'm just really yeah. grumpy I'm tired it's been a long day it's thursday thursdays are my longest day i never could get the hang of thursdays and yet here you are yeah. being a trooper here exactly but i ended up i ended my day, my day earlier than normal though because my my late night lab had a lab practical test which means that instead of sitting with them for three hours i only have to sit with them for one hour and then i get off a little bit early so oh. figured since we missed our normal normal podcast yesterday because i was also grumpy yesterday i was also grumpy yesterday so then uh, yeah yesterday i was actually feeling like really terrible too as uh you know kind of a side effect of the the booster shot that i got and my allergies acting up so that didn't really help so what you're saying is don't get vaccines (laughs) (laughs) of course of course that is not what i'm saying 
follow CDC FDA guidance. If they tell you to get a booster shot, then get your damn booster shot. And that's what I did. And I felt icky for a day, but that's still better than dying of COVID or getting sick for weeks or getting, you know, permanent disability from long COVID or whatever. <laughs> Kathy's the worst. Kathy's the worst. I am the worst. What should mm-hmm. I uh, have to drink here? I have nothing at all interesting. I'm drinking Soylent. Nice. Not Soylent green made from people, but just chocolate flavored Soylent. That's good. And that's good. A lime seltzer. See, you're very good. I'm only half good. I ate vegetables this week, so I feel nice. like that's a win. But since everything yeah. else is crap, I'm like, well, I've got IPA in my fridge, so I'm going to drink that. Oh, nice. But I haven't decided. Do I want Vermont IPA or do I want Gbot? If I had IPA in my fridge, I would for sure be drinking it. But all we have left is one um, one chocolate truffle stout, and I'm not feeling stout <laughs> at the moment. So wow, anyway. we really went to town on those IPAs. Uh- <laughs> we did. <laughs> I had a lot of, I brought a lot of IPAs on yeah. that trip and they were all gone. <laughs> it's a good vacation weekend. <laughs> we yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say go for a G-Bot personally. Right. That one's great. I mean, like the, the other one's also great, but G-Bot's I brought them both just in case. Will you send me one through the computer? Because yes. I want one. Yes. Wee, there it goes. So jealous. So jealous. And I'm not being that good because I had a cookie for breakfast. So. Um, <laughs> were the the cookies you bought or different cookies? <laughs> no, they were the ones that I bought at that uh, nice Allen Brothers, that store in Vermont. Those were my breakfast home. yesterday as well as my lunch. So <laughs> nice. They're really I good finished cookies. <laughs> They're really yeah, good cookies. They were good. And then I didn't have to go to the store. And then I went to the store and I bought prepared meals because that's where my life is at right now. That's what we yeah. do. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Cooking, no. Making more dishes, yeah. no. Nope. Although then they came in metal tins, so I guess I had to make dishes anyway because I had to take them out of the metal to put them in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, this has nothing to do with Stargate. <laughs> this definitely has nothing to do with anything. But, you know, it's been a full, like... Three days since we've I know. Talked. <laughs> we have a lot to catch Life up. Life happens, on. so not even a full three days because I saw you Monday and now it's Thursday. <laughs> it might be exactly. And I'll see you again tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> it might be exactly three days at this point, but uh, oh. yeah, it's actually probably just about. Three Can days I complain about one more thing? I'm sorry. Of I'm going to stop after this. I'm fine with it. Shipping. Anybody else can fast yeah. forward a minute or two. <laughs> Shipping in the world right now is just freaking atrocious. Even locally, mm. receiving packages right now is a freaking nightmare. I ordered medication for one of my cats. That would be 13. She's my void cat. <laughs> USPS claims they delivered it on Monday. I haven't seen it. I put in a you know an email with them, but who knows? Then... FedEx, every other package I get delivered gets delivered to the wrong building, and I don't know why. That's annoying. It's really annoying. Plus, also, I had that issue last week where I was trying to buy bear pillows, and they wouldn't deliver them, even though they were in in another town, (laughs) not that far away from me, for like a week. (laughs) That's so obnoxious. Everything's annoying. Okay, I'm done. I'm so sorry. This is like the negative podcast of grumpiness. That's all right. That could be our next podcast, it, just being big downers. Podcast. Maybe we'll just call it, that'll be the next one, like just the title of the whole podcast. <laughs> yes. We'll just be massive downers every time. I feel like I could very easily do that. <laughs> <laughs> we try to make this one funny, but I feel like my natural default is just grumpy all the time, really. <laughs> I'm like a crotchety old man in a middle-aged lady's body. <laughs> I suppose I'm counted as middle-aged, even though I hate to admit yeah. that. But. Yeah. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm, your life's half over. Great. If we're lucky. Okay, that's a downer thought, too. Okay, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> I haven't even started drinking. Uh, let's just give up. Podcast <laughs> over. Why even bother? <laughs> We'll spiral spiral into nihilism here. (laughs) Everything's pointless. The end. (laughs) 
I think part of my problem is that I graded some exams today and they were all, <laughs> uh, I might as well have just given them all Fs straight across the board. Like you That's suggest, what I'm saying. Most, most of them were Fs anyway. <laughs> Failures. What about those P's <sighs> though? Those P's deserve oh, Fs. My electric blanket turned oh, off. Oh no. <laughs> it's not cold enough for electric blankets, you weirdo. Yes, it is when you're me. Ah. Have you met me? My body temperature is like 97. Yeah. Have you met me? Well, I run <laughs> super hot, apparently. I know. I was walking into work today, and the security guard was like, oh, what are you so happy about? And I was like, do you see this weather? And he was like, <laughs> yeah, it's freezing. And I was like, no, it's fucking amazing. I wait all summer for this. Anyway, that I don't like summer either because then I get too summer's hot. trash. So I'm just never happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose we should start talking about this episode. <laughs> I guess so it's what only been 20 minutes of non-episode. Uh, 19 <laughs> minutes and 50 seconds <laughs> so far, not counting whatever I've decided to cut out. So what are we talking about today? Today, if we have to, if we have to talk about this podcast, if we must, <laughs> stuff. we'll probably talk about Stargate SG One. Fine, yeah, fine. Season two, Ooh. episode twenty-two, final Ooh. episode of episode. the season. <laughs> yes, out of mind. Just how I part one. Part one. Part one. I bet there'll be a part two somewhere. What? No. Oh. No. This just adds... It's a weird choice to call it part one, the series. Did they call it part one? I didn't even notice. According to my transcript that I downloaded, but I don't know how accurate this thing actually is. Oh, uh, well, the booklet actually calls the next episode something different, so... Oh. Mm. Well, anyway, it is the part one of a two-part episode, regardless of what it's called. Yes. Yes. Truth. Cliff Hanger. Really, there's nothing to it. Okay, I can do this. Sure you can. Quite. Yes. Do you want? Do you want to start, or you want me to start? <laughs> can make me do work things. I'll start. I don't know. Did I just say O start or I'll start? I even I don't. I don't know. know. <laughs> I I that that's my non-committal like. <laughs> We're doing good. We're off to an amazing so great. start. Okay. Best episode ever. I guess I will start. Sure. We're in some place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that doesn't appear to be our normal Earth place. And there's some sort of coffin-like capsule being raised out of some fog by a machine from above. A giant claw machine, I'm sure. Well, people stand and watch. Do you think that this was a giant claw machine? Maybe there was somebody like, ooh, I won this coffin thing out of this foggy they pit. It might be. And everybody down below <laughs> is saying, the claw chooses who will go and who will stay. <laughs> <laughs> they guide the thing over to a platform and settle it there. Apparently, it is some sort of frozen thing because they're doing a cryo <laughs> reversal and a woman in white does stuff on computers and it makes beeps and boops and there's a thing that says brain activity increase and then the chamber opens and there's a wet naked O'Neill in there and he wakes Whoop. up with a start <gasps> yes he yes. does the woman in white goes over and tells him that he is in the SGC and that he'll be fine that seems weird. It does. Quite. A man who is also in the room at the time stands over O'Neill and welcomes him back, introduces himself as uh, General Trotsky. Was that it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Or Major, Major General, General Trotsky. Trotsky, yes. And Dr. Raleigh, something like that. Yeah. They know Jack Shirley has questions, so they tell him SG three quarters is dead. Uh-oh. I know. That sucks. Yes. And the woman helpfully adds that everyone you know is probably also dead. <laughs> they are full of the cheer I am feeling right now. She is channeling my energy. Wow. The general tells Jack they are in the year 2077. 
dramatic music happens. And then credits. So dramatic. Much dramatic. After the credits, O'Neill has been moved out of his little icy coffin thing onto a uh, futury looking bed that has a very Star Trek looking pillow behind his head and he's got a tube attached to him that looks like it's got some antifreeze or whatever <laughs> that it's injecting into him. Hopefully not actual antifreeze, but that's what it looks like. It's glowy and green. My antifreeze doesn't glow. Where are you getting yours? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't glow? It doesn't all antifreeze glow in the oh. dark? No. <laughs> I mean, like, no, it doesn't actually. Like, antifreeze does not glow in the dark, but it's got like an iridescent it does, quality it to does. it. <laughs> Like fluorescent. No, it's not glowing in the dark. I use it to light my way. Yes, I do. If I get lost at night and my headlights are not are both out for whatever reason, then I just cut open the coolant tank and let the, let the antifreeze go everywhere and light my way for me. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Totally makes sense. I know cars. I know cars good. Mm. So the doctor asks O'Neill how he's feeling. He's says that he's just feeling kind of confused about what's happening. Trofsky, the major general guy, says that it's understandable because he's been in hibernation apparently for almost 79 years. And Jack wants to know how, of course. So long story short, they tell him that he was sent back through the Stargate already frozen by perhaps some advanced culture, but they supposedly don't know why or how that happened. And the whole team was sent through just like that and Hammond and Dr. Frazier figured that if they kept them stored properly for a long enough time that eventually the technology would be developed to safely thaw them out. And so that's what they did. Stored them indefinitely. Until this magic day. Until this magic day. And so now they want answers as to what happened. Why were they frozen? What happened? Why were they sent back through the gate in this frozen form? But O'Neill really isn't up to answering any questions and says that he just really kind of wants to take a walk around and get his bearings. And they figure that that's fine and maybe even a good idea for him to get up and move around a bit. So Trotsky says that he's going to go and show O'Neill to the rest of the new and improved and futuristic SGC. But Trotsky says that they got to have him back in less than an hour because he needs more of his antifreeze glowy drip <laughs> within that amount of time. So they walk around the SGC a little bit. Jack's changed into a green outfit. It looked pretty similar to their normal yeah. uniform, but like subtle differences, smoother lines. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit of a different shade of green. Yeah, yeah like a more a brighter green. But he's probably feeling pretty at home in that jumpsuit walking around the base. Yeah. It, it looks pretty yeah. comfy. Miscellaneous nerds and military people wander around. <laughs> Jack learns there are now 38 total SG teams, including several that are on off-world colonies. And Jack's like, huh, we did that, huh? Populated other planets? Tarofsky? I don't really know why he was surprised. I don't by, know. By that. that would seem like a natural progression <laughs> to me. What's the general's name? Tarkovsky? Sorry, Trofsky. Trofsky. Oh my god. I only know because I have the transcript. <laughs> Trofsky confirms that's what they did. Jack wants to know what happened to the rest of his team. Trofsky just says they didn't make it, but Jack would like some clarification on the matter. In what respect <laughs> yeah. did they not make it? They already told them they were all dead, so obviously they didn't make it, and obviously he wanted more detail than just Yes, he would that. like to know how the circumstances <laughs> under which the rest of his team died. Right. But fair yes. enough, too. Trotsky was like, oh, it was a long time ago. We don't know nothing. <laughs> Jack's like, well, maybe it was a long time ago for you. And they continue their tour. Yeah, he was kind of kind of like implying, yeah, just get over it. It was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. But- for O'Neill, it was not a long time no. ago. They make their way to the gate room, and Trotsky again starts trying to ask about what happened on the last mission, but O'Neill says that he still doesn't really remember. He just knows that they had a planet that they were going to that was supposedly ruled by the Gua'uld, and he stepped through the gate, and that's as much as he remembers. 
So Trotsky wants to know if there's any reason why the Gua'uld wouldn't have just killed them. Why would they have bothered to save them and send them back? Since that's not a thing that they would typically do. No. Basically, Trotsky is like, well, maybe whoever did help you has some better technology to beat the Gua'uld, and maybe you can give us some more information, and that'll help us in our continued fight against the Gua'uld. They apparently have some kind of new technology that will help him to remember things, so they're going to give that a try. Woo. Yeah. And apparently they want to get that started right away because the outpost planets are at war with the Gua'uld currently, and they're losing, apparently. And I would think that if we were, in fact, going to colonize, which, as I said before, is the natural progression, wouldn't you at least try to make sure that the Gua'uld threat was mitigated before we start trying to do I that? I know. We were always at war but... with the Gua'uld. True. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So that's it. They're going to go put this thing in Jack's yes. brain. So they go back to... Is it the same place where they pulled him out of the thing? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they head back there. Yeah. The lady doctor, whatever her name was, Raleigh, (laughs) doing great here, has a little button type thing that she says was a (laughs) gift from the Tok'ra. And she smashes it against Jack's temple, which is pretty painful for a moment as she pops it in like a snap that's hard to snap. (laughs) <laughs> she gotta yes. really give it a shove right well you'd be going if you're trying to get to the brain you'd be like going through a bone yeah there, so yeah that would be uh yeah hard and painful trotsky meanwhile is telling jack they're still friends with the tokra the doctor sonic screwdrivers a bit at the device <laughs> and she hooks it up to a projector basically she lays jack down on his bed there and says that this is some sort of capacitor for thoughts. Very flux of her. And she's hooked him up so they can actually see his memories as he's remembering things, which sounds like a nightmare. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They restart some antifreeze of a different color through the tubes. There's the juice. I think it's purpley now. Yeah, this yeah. time it reminded me of like Blue Frost Gatorade. Ooh, I could go for some Gatorade. Mm. Jack's feeling that right away. He's like, whoa. So the doctor asks what race he can think of that would have the technology to defeat the Kowold and freeze them. And Jack immediately is like, the Nax. And then all of a sudden we are watching a scene of the Knox reviving their dead child person in that episode with the Knox titled The Knox. <laughs> Woo, clip show! Yes! <laughs> they have inserted a clip show device into Jack's head. They did. Hi, Quark. <laughs> Secret Quark. Yes. After viewing Jack's memories, the doctor asks if maybe the Knox were the ones responsible for what happened to Jack. And Jack's like, I don't know. But, you know, then he remembers for them the time that they were able to make things invisible and then reappear. The doctor says that invisibility would be a powerful weapon against the gold. But Jack's like, sure, but the Nox aren't fighters at all. Like, they won't do nothing. So Didn't the gold already know about this invisibility and also the people on earth knew about this invisibility power so like i don't why would they be acting like this is new knowledge I think apophis's people would be the only ones who knew that it was the nox responsible because weren't they just trying to hunt that invisible insect and mm-hmm. it was like the myth or whatever that teal'c said uh, i guess yeah, i don't know but yeah the general trotsky there we go trotsky asks about another race that might be capable of defeating the gold and jack's like the asgard so then we get a scene of the asgard disappearing gold motherships on what are a samaria there's the word thor's chariot yes okay (laughs) i don't drink tea i still really want to know if they were like fully disappeared or transported somewhere else or vaporized but we still never never found that out are all these people dead now 
Probably. Yeah, probably. And then we get a clip of the scene where Jack is flung onto a far planet of Asgard in the fifth race. We get a hard commercial break there but in the <laughs> middle of that scene. We do. And it was a really long yes, flashback. It was too, a long flashback. They go through like the whole thing where he like shakes their hands and they talk and, like right. uh, yeah, it's the whole thing. Just go rewatch the fifth race. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole episode, just go watch that and you know what the flashback <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> and then Jack recalls for them. The scenes from Torments of Tantalus where they are looking at the room in which the Asgard as well as the other high-powered aliens of the galaxy would meet together for sharing knowledge or whatever. Um, that's Ernest's planet. That's what we like to call yeah. it here. Yeah. Yeah. So they do that. I do wish I had this chemistry thing, though, because... If I had that thing that they got the periodic table of the elements from, that 3D projection on the ceiling, that would make teaching chemistry way more interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd enjoy that. Right? Yeah. 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 Then we finally go back to actual Jack, where he seems to, like, lose the thread on his thoughts, and there's alarm bells. The doctor is like, that's enough for now. General's like, good work. And then they restart more colored liquid into him. More purple. Yeah. Extra purple. I don't know. They knock him out, basically. They do. That was long. (sighs) That was really long. (laughs) I admit, I fast forwarded through most of the flashbacks because I'm like, I've already seen this. Yeah. And the flashbacks were so long. They were really long. So, later, or elsewhere, or maybe later and elsewhere, Trotsky is telling Dr. Jackson that it's okay because he's in the the SGC and he's going to be fine. And who would have thought that this was all some kind of scam (laughs) because he's supposed to be dead? (laughs) I was sure for sure floored. Right? I know. (laughs) Who who would have thought? Like, the whole time I was thinking, like, why would Jack so readily be believing all of this? And that's all right, because Daniel is just as readily going to believe all of it as well. So they also go to another room, and they're taking Sam out of whatever cryo pit this is, talking about how they need to be careful with because she's got Naquita in her system. Why would having a hagfish, though, give her Naquita in her I don't body? know, but apparently now it just lives in her. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really make any sense. Same story with Carter. They opened Daniel's little cryo tomb before, and now they're opening Carter's cryo tomb, and in both cases, they're naked and kind of damp and chilly. Tell them that they're going to be fine, and they tell told both of them that the other people on the team didn't make it because in both situations they were the only one being raised out of the water so this was happening in two different rooms at least yeah at least yeah so continuing with carter she is given a nice sparkly blanket that i was kind of jealous of that right it was a really fun blanket so she's sitting up and they're talking and the doctor's asking her how she feels and she gets the seam button implant on her head and complains about how it hurts. But Raleigh is trying to convince her that, no, it's important technology. You really need to have that. Sam doesn't really seem all that convinced initially. And Raleigh is pretty insistent that they really need that technology because any information that she might have would be really helpful and any technology that they can gain from whoever it was that froze them would be a really powerful ally against Apophis. And at this point, Carter is like, Apophis, isn't he dead? But she's... Did she not? Yeah, okay, go on. What? <laughs> Does she not remember what Martooth said, though, about them having a sarcophagus that they can just use to bring Apophis back to life and then keep killing him over and over Maybe again? Maybe she blocked that out because that's really horrible. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Very possible. 
Dr. Raleigh, having been caught in an inaccuracy, in an, in an inaccuracy here. Wow, I can't talk today. And I'm not even drinking. Maybe that's why I can't talk today. Anyway, the doctor for a second looks like a deer in her head in headlights, but kind of tries to cover over. And she's like, well, yeah, of course he's dead. But, you know, anybody that, that maybe helped back then could still be helpful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, not really a <laughs> no, very cover. No. She was not very convincing with her <laughs> argument. But Sam's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Sam takes her at her word. And again, I don't understand why everyone's just like, yeah, all right, this all makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I mean, like, I know they've been through a lot of nonsensical situations, but still, nobody's questioning this at all. So Raleigh asks how they defeated Apophis, and we get a, another flashback this time from Carter's perspective, and we get the whole scene on the Pyramid Mothership. So they're sneak, sneak, sneaking around the ship. And I was trying to remember, did we count this in Teal'c's hat watch? Because Ooh. he wasn't necessarily just wearing a hat to cover up his gold tattoo, which is when we normally see him wearing a hat. This was just part of their uniform. Oh, I don't even think I, I don't think I did, because I don't think I even remember oh. seeing that. Wait. Yeah, they were all wearing black Oh, hats. did I? Hold on. Like, like, like beanie type. You're right. My God, why wouldn't I have put that in there? Right? So, yeah, I think even though it wasn't actually, I mean, like, do we only want to count the the hats that are meant to disguise him? or all hats. hats. Yeah, I think all hats. So that was from the season finale of season one, right? Yeah. Well, I think I just, you know, I think we noted it when we were talking about it, but I don't think I wrote it down. Mm, Quite possible. Now it's written down. Yeah. My apologies, world. So we get that whole flashback. They destroy the ships and they are lost in space and gliders and then then they're fine and everything is fine. It's all fine. <laughs> Everything's fine here. How are you? <laughs> Back in the cryo room, we get a very brief flash of Raleigh looking at the projector. So I was wondering if this was them just trying to distract us from like how crazy long this flashback was. I- because it was like two seconds in the middle of the whole lengthy flashback of Dr. Raleigh watching the memory on <laughs> Sam's memory Hell screen no. thing. <laughs> so anyway, as I said, they replayed the whole scene through the destruction of the pyramid ships. And then at the end of that, Raleigh tells Carter how impressive the whole thing was. And she's like, wow, that's the end of Apophis, huh? <laughs> and Sam's like, well, the beginning at the end kind of <laughs> not really the end but eventually we got him anyway yeah yeah elsewhere trotsky no trotsky yes. there we go not yes. trotsky trotsky yep <laughs> trotsky trotsky <laughs> no not trotsky it is n- we have not gone back in time we've gone forward supposedly yes. trotsky Yes. Yep, is hanging out with Daniel, who is wrapped in a blanket as well, but his is not sparkly. He no, really got a bum deal on that one. I would have demanded right? the sparkle blanket. Same. Yeah. Daniel's also been hooked up to the clip show machine, and the general is asking if, you know, if this wasn't Apophis, who could possibly have done this to you guys? And Daniel says... There's a lot of gold out there. If if this cover story was actually true, shouldn't the SGC still have all this information? It's not like SG-1 was the only team who knew who all of the enemies of Apophis yeah. were and who all the other system lords were. Why would they be asking him who are the other system lords? Know. Or, you know, what other enemies did Apophis have? Because that would have been common knowledge yeah, in the SGC. I, that's a great question. So many so holes. That, the fact that they wanted that information should have been a red flag to Daniel, yeah. but no. So Daniel recalls Sokar, his ghostly demony face on the Stargate, demanding Apophis back. A little clip of Harrower in the episode where Sharae has a baby that the team steals away from Apophis. And Jack, you know, throws his knife through the sparkle bling. Great times. Mm-hmm. 
He brings up Hathor and we get clips of Hathor, her pink breath, and then making Jack a Jaffa. And then we see yep. Hated yeah, that. her boil. <laughs> Didn't need to remi- be reminded of that Boiling again. <laughs> in a tub. But I yeah. was. <laughs> yep, there we go. And then we get a nice scene of her boiling in her tub with her hagfish babies. Yep, hated yeah. that yep. too still. <laughs> and the ladies mounting their rescue of the dudes. Yeah, so they're yeah. making Daniel relive some very unpleasant memories. He seems a little bit traumatized by it. Daniel would like to know what happened to SG three quarters. And I just want to call him Trotsky. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) And the general says they were already dead. Your men are already dead. But Daniel's like, what about General Hammond? And he's like, well, he got old and died. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel's like, everyone I know is gone. And Trotsky's like, yuppers. It's true. <laughs> wah, wah. Everything's about Daniel. I'm just Sucks kidding. To be you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the bangs combed straight down his forehead was a weird look, and it was distracting to me. It was, although I suppose if you've unfrozen, you probably didn't have time to put product in your hair. <laughs> I guess so. That would annoy me, though. When I had bangs, I could never leave them just straight down on my forehead like that because it annoyed me. But what if you thought all of your friends and family were dead? Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't think about your bangs. I suppose maybe I would have more important things on my mind than, oh, my hair (laughs) my forehead is tickling me. (laughs) Fair point. Bangs. Very fair point. On which... You're something I can't remember the lyrics to bangs. Well, oh my God, I dig your bangs. I don't know. Yes, Daniel, we all dig your bangs. Yep. Yep. To drape across your forehead, to swing concord in angles as you. They don't drape across his forehead though. They drape straight down, and it's annoying. Yeah. Well, John Linnell wasn't thinking about Daniel Jackson when he wrote that song. Clearly. Clearly. Linnell, come on. Anyway, seriously. Anyway, we finally get to find out what's happening to Teal. <laughs> finally, he's laying in a bed. And Dr. Fraser and Hammond are both there and tell him that he's okay. And he's in the SGC, which makes me suspicious because everybody else was also told they were okay and in the SGC. It's true. But these are familiar faces. But yes, at least we have familiar faces now, so that's a good sign. Tilk, of course, wants to know what happened to the rest of SG-1, and Hammond says that they have no idea, and we're hoping that Tilk could tell them. And I noticed that Tilk's eye makeup was especially nice in this episode, and I wish I could have eye makeup like that, but also it would be nice if I could just randomly wake up with my makeup already done, as <laughs> Tilk can do. That would be nice. Are right? they tattoos? Tattoos. Maybe. Is eye makeup tattooed yeah. on? I mean, you can... They've... Some people get their eye makeup tattooed on, and that just sounds horrible to me. As a person who likes tattoos, I still don't think I'd want to take it that far. And, you know, at least he doesn't have, like, liquid gold poured into his eye makeup. That would be horrible. This is true. Anyway. That would be terrible. Yes. So Tilk starts putting on his clothes and is looking extra angry. This is a little bit later elsewhere in the SGC. He's got his uniform on, and he is no longer laying in an infirmary bed. Hammond's giving them a little bit more information and basically just saying that when he and the rest of SG-1 didn't return, they sent another team, two other teams, in fact, after them. And they found Tilk lying there next to the Stargate, but there was no sign of anybody else. So they figured they must have been captured. And apparently Tilk does have some vague memories of this. He says that he saw a mixture of Horus and Serpent Guards there, which was a weird combination. And Hammond and Fraser agree that that does seem like a strange situation because they're wondering what gold would those people have been serving that, that odd combination of people and Tilk does not know. So he says he's going to go back to the planet as soon as possible to search for answers and starts to head out. But Hammond has other ideas and says, Nope, not going to let you. And we get a bunch of ominous music. Yeah. So Tilk stops for a second and they have an argument back and forth about how Tilk isn't going to just sit around and wait while his friends could be in trouble. 
But Dr. Frazier is also t- participating in the argument and is like, well, you've been unconscious for three weeks. And Hammond is worried that if he tries to go through, then he's going to get himself more injured. And says that Dr. Frazier was by Tilk's side this whole time. And so he should be more grateful to her. And didn't she have any other patients in those entire three weeks? They stop everything when SG-1 has issues. Or, <laughs> I was going to say, or does she just not care? And so, like, who knows how many other people died because she was refusing to leave Tilk's side all that time. Maybe Dr. Warner was taking care of them. Oh. Taking care of patients and pushing emergency yeah. buttons left and right. <laughs> So Tilk says that he is grateful to Fraser, but is insistent that if he's not going to be allowed to go back to the planet to look for SG-3 quarters, then he needs to be allowed to go back to his own planet where he can be more useful than just hanging around on Earth doing nothing on his own. And Hammond seems surprisingly ready to just give up on SG-3 quarters at this yeah. point to an extent that we don't ever see or haven't ever seen. He's always been like so adamant that they'll do whatever they can to save SG-1, and he never gives up hope. But here, he's got Teal'c, and he's like, well, SG-3 quarters, they've got to be dead by now, so nah. <laughs> it was very strange yeah. to me. Especially because, at least from what we've seen through the end of this episode, this actually does seem to be reality, unlike the the cryogenically frozen, <laughs> not really cryogenically frozen, rest of the team. Right. So they continue to argue, and eventually, apparently... Tilk has been taking lessons from Jack because he does finally convince Hammond to let him go. Yeah. Well, kind of. Kind of. He actually has to quit yeah. the process and slowly <laughs> removes his jacket. And I was wondering if he always dresses and undresses this slowly. Because when he put on this jacket at the beginning of the scene, he did it very slowly. I hope he does. And when he took it back off, he did it very, very slowly. Oh, yeah. Take that jacket yeah. off and on, Tilk. <laughs> nice and slow. so yeah so that's it till quits and uh he's gonna leave in an hour yeah i really i thought christopher judge was emoting greatly in this scene like sort of very stoic but also almost looked like he could like cry losing his friends like it was really good yeah, he seemed very angry and upset yeah. and, again, not really showing a lot yeah. of emotion, but the little emotion that he did show and it was, said a lot. It was so many emotions. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He was an impressive actor. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the future. Great Scott! <laughs> Jack. The fake the future. The fake future. Jack has gotten bored laying there with his antifreeze, so he's squeezed the line to not allow the juice into his chest. There's the... And since he's woken up and is able to do this, he overhears Trotsky and Raleigh Raleigh. (laughs) speaking in hagfish, but not in resting hagfish voice, and then they leave. Yeah, that was really, uh, really careless. It was extremely careless. Yeah, pretty dumb. Yep. <laughs> and who would have thought that this had to do with hagfish, or you know, who I had know. to do with the gold and shock? Crazy. I shocking. know. What a reveal! Right. A third guy is puttering around at monitors in the room. Jack slowly detaches his tubes and knocks the guy out and steals his clothes. Yep. Yeah. Back in the gate room, Teal'c apparently just keeps his robes hanging around because he's dressed back in his normal Chulak robes. And they're dialing out. They give Teal'c a nice, respectful salute as he leaves. And Hammond tells him that he's going to be missed. And they have a nice little moment of saying that they've learned a lot from each other and thanking each other for all of that. And then Teal'c leaves. And that's it. Womp womp. Yeah. Him and just stares at the closed gate. So sad. Right. Very sad. And then a hard cut. Hard cut. Jack is sneaking around. Sneak, sneak, sneak. 
Why do we think he only bothered to button the top button? I don't know. I didn't notice that. Oh, he only buttoned the top button. And it's not like the shirt was too small for him. I thought it was weird. I've, I got nothing on that one. I don't know why I noticed that, but I I did. just noticed his, his white threads. I don't know. Very they different were... color for Jack. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, he's also got a hold of the other knocked out person's whatever access and ID cards. So he uses them on a door and steps through to what clearly looks maybe no longer like an SGC, but some sort of elaborate door place. That's words. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have random gold closets and hallways in the SGC, you don't think? It's crazy. Then that door opens, and there is a corridor that is definitely not the SGC. It is definitely (laughs) Gould. He walks through the corridor. Here's some marching soldiers, so he finds a convenient nook to hide in. And then continues on. He does some more sneaking, and then suddenly the memory thing that's still embedded in his head activates... He's having flashes of a firefight he was involved in aboard Apophis's or Chlorel's ships. One of those ships. I can't remember which. Oh, good. Just when I had hoped we were done with yeah. flashbacks. <laughs> nope. nope. But this one does not last as long as the other ones. And Jack falls over. Because apparently he's overwhelmed by these memories that are forcing their way through. He goes through a different door and then finds himself back in the SGC again. (laughs) Did they build identical structures for each person? It seems that way. That's bananas. It is. He continues on through and he finds Sam lying in a room similar to the room he was in. And conveniently, she is being tended by the one dude. And Jack is able to sneak in and find a convenient canister on the ground to knock him out. What do we think was in those canisters that they were just conveniently sitting there as heavy weapons to be used against the one guy that is standing watch? Coffee? (laughs) Probably coffee. Yeah, that'd be great. Love coffee. Love coffee. There's coffee in that nebula. Now I want some coffee. Yeah. I definitely will not be drinking coffee at this time. No, I got decaf coffee. Maybe I'll go have some decaf coffee Ooh, after this. Nice. Maybe I'll ask Jeff to make me coffee. <gasps> That's amazing. Me coffee. But if he's under a snuggle pile of oh, dogs, yeah. he's not going to no. want to, and I will not blame no. him. Snuggle piles cannot no, be disturbed. Cannot. He detaches Sam's antifreeze tubes. She wakes up real quickly. She's like, oh, I thought you were dead, because I'm gullible. And Jack's like, mm, shrug. <laughs> He's like, we're all gullible. What do you what do you want? So then we hear a noise and suddenly Carter's memories are showing up in the projector that's still attached to her head. Uh, showing the time that Jack was impaled against the wall by that device in that episode with Crush Guy, the name of which I cannot remember. I only remember Crush Guy. Lieutenant Crush something. Yes, Lieutenant- anyway. I'm really horrible with yeah. names and words also. <laughs> Today in the middle of class, I completely forgot a word, the word parietal that I say like all the time, which I know isn't a normal thing to say all the time. But in in the context of an A&P class, it's a word I use all the time. Totally forgot about it today. And I'm like, students, please help me. What is the word I'm looking for? And thankfully, they were able to tell me. But yeah, I forget random words. (laughs) God, okay. Anyway, I was annoyed, especially annoyed by this flashback because, like, this one didn't even advance the story. Like, that, I liked that episode, but it didn't advance the storyline in any way. So I was like, what is well, even the point well, show of this flashback? That, they, that anything could trigger these painful memory. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Jack pulls out the, the, the line so that we're no longer watching her memories on a projector screen, which everyone should be grateful for. Jack tells her not to think too much. If we think of J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover will appear and destroy us, okay? So empty your head! And tells her that the people who have them are actually gold. Well, she asks, yeah, after the other half of the team, Jack doesn't know. Sam sits up here and Jack kind of takes a long look at her uh, back. (laughs) 
her naked back, so he tells her to trade clothes with the guy on the ground. Yep. Yeah. That was yeah. a long look. Yeah. She's got a nice she back, though. She does have a nice back. Sam has put the other guy's clothes on. I noticed that she has made the decision to only button the bottom button, <laughs> whereas Jack still only has the top button buttoned on his jacket. That is exciting. I know. That's really weird. <laughs> yes. So they're wandering around and Sam comments on how much this looks like the SGC. They go into an elevator and now all of a sudden they're in a pyramid level. So, you know, gold and hieroglyphics and whatnot. And oh yeah, now suddenly Sam is very convinced that this is in fact not the <laughs> SGC because no gold hieroglyphs adorning the walls no. there. Jack tells her to not think too much about what this looks like because he doesn't want her setting off the memory device thingy. But too late, her thingy activates. And so now all of a sudden, she's back on some other planet. We don't really see exactly what her flashback is, though, right? I don't think so. I didn't write it down anyway. Okay. So we don't actually see what is going on in her head now that she's not connected to the weird TV screen anymore, but she's just clutching her temple in pain. A group of Jaffa comes up, led by Dr. Raleigh, and so O'Neill grabs Carter and covers her mouth and takes her behind a pillar. You know, there's always convenient pillars to hide behind oh, yeah. in these in these gold ships. I wondered, though, why did he feel like he needed to cover her mouth? Like, she would know better than to make a bunch of noise when there's a random group of Jaffa coming I up. think that when she her memory thing was activated, she seemed like she might be in pain. So maybe he was just trying to make sure she didn't, like, accidentally yeah. call out. Yeah, that's fair. Also, then we get to watch him hold her. That was adorable, scene. aside yeah. from the whole covering yeah. her mouth part. <laughs> <laughs> but after he let her yeah. mouth go, then it was cute. <laughs> yeah, because they kind of like hung out yeah. there and snuggled yeah. a bit as they were chatting. Sam wanted to know if they could get the weird button memory things off, but Jack doesn't think that that's possible because he says his seems to be in pretty deep and he's tried pulling at it it doesn't really end very well and sam thinks that it might cause some pretty nasty collateral damage as she puts it if they did try to pull them out and so of course they don't want that so they go down the corridor and find another elevator this elevator takes them to daniel so now finally sg three quarters has reunited and daniel is very confused to see both sam and jack there he asks them what year it is, and Carter is guessing that it is 1999, and Daniel's like, this was all a hoax. <laughs> yes. Why is anybody surprised that this was a hoax? <laughs> oh, Daniel. Daniel's like, I got a lot of questions, but I guess it could wait. So they leave <laughs> that room. They didn't have a convenient technician working in the room, so... No, they were able to just yeah. leave and not get <laughs> no jacket for daniel to just button the middle no button no he has to wear the greens <laughs> he's not cool like the other two nope they continue wandering around the facility trying to figure out a way out and every single door that they try to open just leads to a blank wall and i thought that it was a strange choice to put recessed lighting behind all of these fake doors because <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> what were they trying to light up? It made no sense. But there was recessed Look lighting above walls. all the doors that led to nowhere, that led to a blank wall. And so I guess they just like to waste electricity on the glowing yeah. ships. Yeah. So they talk about how this facade is obviously part of a bigger facility. And... They're still trying to figure out exactly what is happening and why you would have Horus and Serpent Guards working together. What is the deal with the Horus and Serpent Guards? (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually they make their way back to the fake gate room. Jack goes up to the gate and gives it a kick. It's like, that's (laughs) fake. Daniel opens a locker there, but there's nothing inside. Do you think they sourced their fake gate from the same place that Mayborn got his fake Maybe. gate Maybe. Do you think this is Mayborn's fake gate? Did Mayborn give know. it to him? Did they steal it from Maybe Mayborn? there's a Gates R Us Emporium somewhere. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Although I wouldn't put it past Mayborn to just sell the gate or whatever. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Oh, Mayborn. Anyway. 
Daniel is wondering as he opens this and closes this empty locker who would have had enough time on base to be able to put this much detail into a replica. He's like, a poppus? <laughs> and then we hear a woman yell silence and Hathor appears in front of the what? fake gate. I know. What? No way. I was actually a little happy to see her because yeah. I kind of like her. Yeah, and I, I think her wig is better. I don't like her, but she amuses me. Her so. wig looks better in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing that it out It did there. look a little yeah. bit better. Still not great, yeah. but better. Yeah. Jack is not happy to see Hathor, unlike Mary. <laughs> Truth. The general and the doctor and a bunch of guards also enter. And Hathor walks over to Daniel and says, She missed you, beloved. And Sam's like, don't let her breathe on you, Daniel. And Hathor's like, that doesn't work anymore, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have built three replica SGCs in my building. (laughs) She has lured these Horus and Serpent guards from the remote outposts of their enemies. She says that she has been quietly building forces because she's, you know doing something anyway <laughs> but she does not want the system she yes sure the system lords do not know that we as she always says the royal we are alive i start using the royal I know. we uh, but we are operating with limited knowledge of the empire and Jack is like guess that's where we come in yeah no kidding Jack and Hathor then offers to make them servants of hers but they get to live a life of luxury if they share all of their information. But if they say no, they're not going to enjoy her alternative. And she gets her face right up in Jack's. Jack's like, you better do something about that breath. <laughs> She's had an organism yeah, living in there. Weird pink organisms true. living in there. Of course it's yeah. not a good breath. <laughs> she asks him how to contact the Asgard. Jack's like, Try Roswell. And he pats her on the arm. (laughs) That was really funny. Yes. She moves over to Sam and she's got their GDO and asks for the code like that's going to happen. But it's okay because she has another way that she can retrieve the information. And she snaps and a shirtless muscular Jaffa comes over. She rubs his belly and we hear gross noises and then... Hate it. She holds up an adult gold who is ready for a new host. And she's like, which of you will it be? End of episode. The CG ones are not quite as horrific as the little uh, puppet ones that are covered in slime. No, but the noise is still really gross. (laughs) But the noise is still terrible. Yes, agree. I'm going to stick my hand in his stomach and (laughs) around. Also, I nominate Daniel for the sacrifice. (laughs) And that's the end of season two. It is. Woo! Yeah. We're a fifth of the way there. Yeah. We are. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <sighs> so, Kathy, yes. Did you like the episode? I'm going to go with no. And mm. I the reason is, is that when I think I was watching it and I was sort of interested in what was going on. But then I stepped back afterwards and was like, what just happened in this episode? And it is the team was captured by Hathor. That's it. That's the only (laughs) thing that happened in that episode. Yep. And they spend the entire time figuring it out, but they figure it out, not by figuring it out, but by showing clips of Rin. I don't know. It was, I I don't like clip shows. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not super fond of them. It was fine the first time, but are we going to do this every season? Apparently. At least last season, it was like the second to last episode. True. Instead of yeah. the last episode ending on a disappointing Yeah. Note. And I don't know. I just did not. There were parts of it I certainly enjoyed. So like. Yeah. Them sneaking around. I was like when they sneak around. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed my wardrobe. Yeah, watch. <laughs> exactly. Your wardrobe watch was fantastic. It so. kept me entertained while I was I watching. I loved 
Christopher Judge's acting. It was so good in mm. the very tiny yes. amount of this episode he was in. It was stellar. More yes. teal. More exactly. teal. So overall, not super fond of it. I guess we'll see where it goes. Hmm. Are they going to do a clip show for the season opener too? They've still got the memory devices in their brains. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I hope not. What about you? I also did not like this episode. Like the season one finale was so good, and this one was so boring. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was, you know, it was just a normal clip show. But like the clips were even longer, I think, than a normal clip show. As I was mentioning before, it was just, some of them were so long and. It was I was bored and as you said, like there was nothing really accomplished in this episode. Coffee thank Oh you. my god, the magic coffee fairy has come. Magic coffee fairy has come and I have decaf coffee. That's amazing. Chaos. So yeah, and it annoyed me that nobody was questioning the situation. Like everyone just took the whole scenario at face value. Nobody questioned anything. And we don't, I feel like we don't normally see anyone on the SG team being quite that gullible, usually, yeah. where they'll be like, yeah, it totally makes sense that I've been frozen <laughs> for 77 years and everybody's dead and that this is now the SGC. Yeah, that all tracks. No questions asked. So so it, I, I didn't even really enjoy the non-flashback storyline because I found it too implausible that they would all just be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, and and believe it without questioning. And as I said, it was also like mostly boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored for most of the episode. So, nope, yeah. not a big fan. And I am also hoping <laughs> I can't imagine they would start a season with a clip show. That, that would, would be, be terrible. Insane. That would not so be okay. I am, <laughs> yeah, I am continuing to remain optimistic that the next episode will be better. And so speaking of which, what is the next episode? The next episode is Stargate SG-1, season three, holy fuck, three. Yeah, holy shit. Episode one, Into the Fire. Ooh. We have for that one. On Hathor's planet, Carter and Jackson can only watch as Hathor implants O'Neill with a gold symbiote. Way to ruin the cliffhanger, fucking Netflix. And also, right? damn it. Yeah. I was hoping for Daniel, as I mentioned. Hammond sends six SG units to rescue SG-1. A total reversal wow. from his last episode. Yeah, he said he didn't want to send any. All right, whatever. That's the Netflix one. Right. The booklet says... Hathor captures O'Neill and implants him with a gold symbiote because everything in this booklet is in the, from the perspective of O'Neill. That of could course. eventually kill him. Meanwhile, O'Neill's rescue party is defeated by Hathor's invi- invincible energy barrier and time is Only running O'Neil's out. O'Neill's rescue party? Yes. <laughs> is there any... <laughs> Who cares about Sam Hold and on. Daniel? Gotta rescue Jack. Is there any way to save O'Neill? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they so O'Neill centric in that booklet? This is an ensemble we're having here, guys. What are you doing, booklet? So bizarre. So it's not Stargate SG One. It's Stargate O'Neill and Friends in this booklet here. <laughs> I hear no mention of Tilk in that description, and that no. makes me sad. <laughs> well, he just goes home and he's off the show for the rest of uh, the series. Forever. Yeah, no more teal. Thankfully, I know that not to be true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else to talk about? <laughs> no, I think we've talked about a lot of things. <laughs> we've talked about many things. Some of many, them many things. Stargate related. Much of it not. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice so that you can get our episodes as soon as they are released every Monday, or you can also find our episodes on YouTube. We very much appreciate reviews and likes since they help other people to find the podcast and word of mouth is great for that as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at stargatesing. And if you're feeling generous, which we super appreciate, you can go to patreon.com slash stargatesing to become a patron and get access to our special 
patron-only feed where we put up bonus episodes and regular updates as well behind the scenes. And we're currently reviewing Stargate Origins, the series. Although, if you want access to those episodes, you can also do a one-time donation to stargatesing at gmail.com on PayPal. And we will have a special PayPal one-time donor-only feed that is just those Stargate Origins episodes, but not necessarily the other bonus episodes. Last but not least, you can check us out on our website at stargatesing.space. We are Mary. We are Kathy, beloved. (laughs) And you've been listening to Stargatesing, the end. The end, beloved. Planning midnight raids. On our unsuspecting fans while the roadies rig the video surveillance van. Try to fake it in a traveling band. And we're working undercover for the man. Sha la 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 la. Sha la 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 la. Okay, I don't have my headphones on yet. Wait, so I can't hear you. I didn't say anything, so. It's good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks.